0: Welcome to the GSD Factor Podcast Season 2 with your host, Misha Blameyer farish
1: Welcome GSD Factor Podcast listeners. I'm your host, Misha Blameyer farish And today, we are going to be talking about the topic of the art of storytelling me. Who am I and how do I share my story? My guests today are Jenny Emerson and Randy Ford. Thank you both for joining today.
0: Thanks, Thanks for having for us. Having
1: Yeah. Jenny, why don't you um, give our listeners a little insight into who you are? Well, thank you for having me. And I am a
2: woman that is a licensed psychotherapist. I'm also a coach. And I um, do a lot of nonprofit work as well. So I wear many hats. And when it comes to this art of telling the story of me, I work with my clients on how to heal things that have happened in their life story that still bring them pain or impact how they do relationships today or do life in general, you know, how they do business, all kinds of things. So when it comes to storytelling and learning about who they are, I help them put things in their life into chapters where they can tell the story and recognize it's always going to be part of their story, but it doesn't have to be so negative. painful or hurtful and then also help them bring out the parts that need recognition celebration and their achievements so they have a whole story of the whole self
1: that's awesome thank you so much jenny and i can't wait to dive into so many little nuggets that you brought up there randy why don't you share us a little bit about who you are
0: Yeah, I'm a writer and storyteller. I'm uh, based in Chicago, originally from Tennessee. uh, And over the years, I've worked in news and politics where you kind of start to learn how to help people tell a story of of the complicated world and how it applies to each of us. And so that's what I help people do now. Nonprofits and individuals um, learn how to tell the story of who they are and the impact they have on the people around them
1: awesome thank you randy so listeners you can see why i'm so excited to have pulled these two colleagues and friends in for this conversation uh it's also fun for me we're all tennesseans at some point but i also hail chicago for a few years of uh, (laughs) of my life and so um i definitely all connected here so as we get started into this conversation you know we talk about the gst factor life consists of those six attributes be confident be inquisitive Be imaginative, be present, be resilient, and be influential. And when you're embarking on the GST factor life, and again, I believe that every single one of us has these attributes within us. It's just a matter of if they've been activated or muted based on different life experiences or traumas. When we first start with be be confident, and that's the first and the most important attribute from my perspective. And the power to be confident is that confidence to know your true authentic self, to know your voice speak your truth so you're heard, you lead by example with assertiveness, giving you that sense of empower and confidence. And when we think about those different things, right, we have to ask ourselves some essential questions. What, you know, what is my uniqueness? What is my story? What is my elevator pitch of myself? And once we kind of take that deep dive into that, then we start to say, now, how do I share that story? How do I amplify that story? Um, to others around me. So Jenny, let's dive in here to, you know, when we are thinking about who am I and figuring out from a mental health perspective, figuring out what our story is in that journey of figuring out who we are, what are some of the insights that you have for us?
2: Yes. So I work from a perspective of a whole self. And Oftentimes, when I ask my clients, "You're like, so who are you? They'll start naming off things like, well, I'm kind, I'm caring, and I'm a mom, or I'm a dad, I'm a husband, a wife, a single person, I'm, you know, I'm so-and-so's kid, things like that. And those things are important, and those are attributes or roles we play, but I also want to look and go, okay, so you're a man or a woman, or however you identify, that has experienced what? What have you experienced in how has your life changed from all that? And what were your learnings? And I helped my clients learn how to not assign a value to things such as positive or negative so that it doesn't carry so much either painful weight or overweighting the positive. So we never face the negative and get that healed. And so it's just a matter of looking at all the parts of ourselves and realize they all come together to make our whole self.
1: I think that's really important. And I think what also goes with that, right, is saying, you know, do you, when you are figuring out who you are, it's not necessarily what you do or what role you play, right? It's who you are as a person. Would you agree?
2: Yes, exactly. Because those other things are things we have. A role is something I have, it's a thing I do, and my characteristics of kind, loving, things like that, those are characteristics I have. And so we have to get down deeper, down into the core of who we are, and it's kind of intangible in a way because we could kind of twist the question around to all these things we have, and so we had to kind of take it on a deeper level, a little bit, a little bit more philosophical sometimes.
1: I love that, Randy. What are your thoughts and inputs into this?
0: I I think that's so fascinating to hear it put in that perspective uh, because I, I completely agree from a writing and um, storytelling perspective. It's it's all about um, what makes us who we are. So yeah, it's it's important to examine the, the you know, I am a son, I am a brother, but also those things make me part of my story. You know, I, I think about, uh, you know, those, those quizzes you can take online to see which television character you are. And yeah, it's all clickbait and who knows what it's signing us up for when we do it. But it, you know, there's also a reason that we kind of are are into those because it helps us find the other stories that we identify with and helps us kind of refine our own stories. Does that make sense that we, you know, we, part of who we are is in relation to the other characters in our lives, if we're thinking about traditional storytelling. And um, that makes a lot of who we are and our place in the world. And then that helps us realize, um, the impact we're having for ourselves and the people around us.
1: So when we think about, you know, know, kind of some exercises or things when we are figuring out who we are, right? One, One exercise that I like to share with GSDers, right, is, you know, can you uh, in one minute, write out as many words that describe you, right, uh, in that one minute time frame. And I think what's really interesting is to see what words pop out, right, kind of back to our, is it, is it things that they do or is it who they are as a person? So Jenny, we'll start with you. And then Randy, what is an exercise that uh, you recommend your you know to your clients when you are helping them start to figure out that mindset and that activation process of figuring out who they are?
2: One exercise I love to do with my creatives is have a bunch of magazines and have them cut out words or pictures that align with them. Something that kind of gave them a little uh uh-huh when they were looking at it and that sparked an idea or maybe just kind of resonated deep down. And then we put all those on a collage, if you will, and use that to tell their story. And it kind of sparks the creative mind. It helps them not have to come up with certain things for themselves or helps also bring out things they may have maybe not originally included or uh, may have forgotten a little bit a part of themselves that they've put away. So it's just a little creative exercise to do that's fun and different.
0: I like to um, do a a similar exercise, similar to, to what both of you said. Um, but there's a, a twist that I learned from a, a great friend of mine who's a life coach, Jeff Jones, uh, to, to make that list or do that collage and then to look at those words and identify which ones are connected to your head and which ones are connected to your heart and which ones are descriptive of who you are versus, as Jenny was saying earlier, the role that you might have and and um, then try to elaborate on those, the, the ones that are Kind of heart-based as opposed to uh, I am a am um, a doer, um or am I a feeler? And start to understand how those words that really connect with with the heart and the feelings shape who you are. and and that those are the things you want to talk about when you're when you're shaping your story.
2: May I add something to that? I was excited to hear the head versus heart part of that. And another one I do is like a values exercise. Now can you just Google values list and those words can spark the imagination or spark the thought process. And then when we look at their collage and see where do they value? What do they they invest their time, their heart or their head or their energy into? And um, so Randy, I may be stealing that idea a little bit from you and adding that to my practice with my clients that sounds fun
1: that's awesome Jenny and Randy and Randy I'd like to pivot over to you and let's talk about you know let's say I've done those exercises let's say I've um, you know kind of done that you know that head and that heart work now start to talk us through how we start to craft our story and and I say craft in terms of you know We have to kind of take the time to draft it and redraft it and and let it kind of roll over us for a while before we start to sharing. And we'll get to sharing in a little bit. But let's let's kind of take those exercises and let's start to dive in, you know, to your area of expertise as a master storyteller. And how do you start to now craft that into whether it's your elevator pitch or your biography or um, whatever written or verbal format you may have?
0: Yeah, I think it. sometimes it takes a little bit of work for people to find what works best for them. Um, so I tend to, um, when I'm thinking about my story, whether it's you know, something I'm going to tell on stage or it's something that I'm preparing for a meeting, I tend to do it uh, kind of in my head, do a lot of thinking in the shower or while I'm making coffee or, or whatever, and then start to put things on paper. I know some people like to um, just get it all out on paper and then start cutting. Uh, Some people who are kind of struggling to find their words, whether they're working on a presentation or a speech or whatever, I tell them to hit uh, record on the voice memo on their phone and just talk. Uh, and then see what comes of that, or talk it out with a friend. Some people like talking in the mirror. There's lots of ways to start to do it, and it, sometimes it takes some testing to figure out what works for you because there's no right or wrong way. Whatever helps you get in the mindset of sharing the information. That could be talking to a friend. That could be talking to, to a professional like Jenny and uh, and then reflecting back on that and taking notes after you have that session. Um, like I said, for me, I <clears throat> start to get ideas and, and then they just kind of go in my head, but um, you can also start to lose some of the thoughts that way. So it's it's always great. I never do it. I give this advice all the time. Journaling is, is a wonderful exercise that I just never have been able to, to stick to. So I stop beating myself up about that. But for people who are able to do that, it's an excellent way to start to do it and uh just get all of those heart and head um words onto the page and then you know refine it from there
1: so i'm i am not a journaler either so uh I, com- camaraderie there my friend um yeah. but i am i love my whiteboards right so i have multiple whiteboards in my office and I, I do have my phone and I leverage those notes. So if I have something that's racing through my head, especially you know, if I wake up, I'll definitely jot it down. Um, or I jump into my office and write it out on my whiteboard, right? And have kind of that little mini, what we call dream big sessions, right? Where we, where we do it from that perspective, and to your point, sometimes just talking it through with someone, right? We talk about within the GSD factor world, right? You have your GSD factor clan, but you also have your GST factor insiders board. And, um, you know, kind of the difference between those, um, you know, is included is, is, we dive into those certainly in the book, but I think what's important to know is your clan is kind of your personal group. Think about it, you kind of, as your tribe or your pod, you know, your squad if you will, whereas your insiders board is more of those professionals, right? Those people that you can talk to. So, um, people that are going to give you that sound advice, whether it's a career move or transition or, or a difficult situation that you're navigating. Um, and, but what I do love too, right, is there's plenty of times that I'll talk to my own therapist or my own mental health experts, right. And I'll have a conversation with them. And after I've kind of, um, Unleashed, so to speak, right? All of a sudden, I'll go and go straight to my whiteboard after my session and be able to, you know, jot a lot of things down because, uh, I don't know what it is, Jenny, but you guys just have a way of activating those little nuggets <laughs> and those little levers to kind of get it all flowing,
0: absolutely. And, and yeah, sometimes, sometimes that 50 minutes, to an hour, whatever is. So important, but so is the, the 50 minutes afterwards or the 50 yes. minutes that night when you can reflect back on it.
2: Yes, equally as important.
0: You know, I've got a friend, you mentioned the whiteboard. I've got a friend and, and business partner, Mariana Swallow, who's been a longtime facilitator and, and communication coach. Uh, and she is obsessed with with flip charts. Um, and And even if she's just doing one person planning, I bet if she were by herself and trying to figure out uh, what kind of sandwich to make for dinner. She would pull out a flip chart and <laughs> write down the pros and cons. I don't think she would be upset for me uh, with me for saying oh, that. Oh,
1: I am totally in alignment. <laughs> I mean, my daughter, we, my husband and I, we just had a whiteboard session last week about our daughter's summer schedule because uh, we had to outline it because you got 10 weeks, right? Here in Tennessee, where you've got to fill that time. Yep. And so don't you know, she has... Um, six sports camps that she's going to. She has a science camp and then she has a cooking gardening class that she's doing. And um, and then she'll have a week off and then she'll have a week vaca- family vacation, right? But we 100%, that is actually, I'm looking at my whiteboards and I literally have GST factor stuff on one and uh, my daughter's summer schedule for this year <laughs> on the other. So, I mean, I'm not judging. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love it. And I get um, into
1: all the colors too, because you know, you can categorize mm-hmm. and color and yes. Well, I'm glad, you, I'm, I'm
0: glad you I'm glad you yes. said that because one of the things that I, I kind of left out when I mentioned the ways that some people work um as they start to formulate and share their story is that some people are visual and some people may prefer to. Mm-hmm do illustrations Mm -hmm. or doodles as a way to start doing their story too. And it sounds like you've got some of that, that visual um, uh, learning as well.
1: I do. I do. Jenny, any other thoughts around that? No, I'm just over celebrating going, yes, my people,
2: I have found my people. (laughs) (laughs) I'm all about the different colors for different things. And I have those little miniature post-it tab things, you know, you can put in books. And so different colors mean different things. Um, And so getting it out and getting it, I am a visual person as well. So getting it out and getting it somewhere I can see, even if I'm not Mm going to come back and look at it for a while, is so critical Um, after, I'm just so glad you said the 50 minutes afterwards is just as important as the session time. Because
1: it is. It is. And I think... mm -hmm. And I think that's what people sometimes forget. Like I'm a type A, obviously. And so I go into therapy. It's like, okay, I got therapy for 15 minutes and I'm back at it. And it wasn't until I had a my therapist said to me, Now, what are you doing after this? And I said, Well, I'm going back to the office. And she's like, I mean, you could. Or you could just go and, you know, you could do some meditation or you could do some breathing. And, um, I, you know, in our, one of our recent blogs, I talk about being, you know, obviously one of our attributes is be present, but I actually talk and deep dive into meditation. And that's something that I've always struggled with, but, um, author Antonio Havari gives you really simple, practical, easy nuggets to be able to meditate and, uh, I was on a call with him one time and he was like, and I was just like, it's, you know, there's just so much, I feel like you have to meditate and breathe for like an hour. And he's like, no, how about 18 seconds? And I'm like, um, yes. yes, I'm here yes. for this. Right. And so he's like, you know, breathe in for seven hold your breath for six and breathe out for five. And I was like, done. I can do that shit all day long, right? Um, And so, you know, after therapy, I would go and just even just sit in my car and do those simple seven, six, fives, right? And to your point, Mm -hmm. would either speak into my phone for my notes or write it down. And I think it's so important. And once I gave myself the time and the permission, um, those 50 minutes after really started to be, Uh, even more special. But when I started to even just prepare my heart and mind for therapy, right, or for those conversations, I was that much more willing and open instead of like running from a meeting straight into therapy. Mm -hmm. Even just having giving myself that 15 minutes before, um, before therapy really helped me kind of dive in deeper into what was I working through, figuring out who I was.
0: Mm-hmm. I one time when when I realized that I was not taking advantage of the opportunity uh, that I had with with the therapist was when I realized that I was kind of watching the clock um, and found myself thinking, you know, if if we kind of wrapped it up here during this lull, I could catch that <laughs> earlier bus back home, and that's when I realized I I'm not here. I I need to be more present because this is not mm-hmm. helping me get to to who I am and and the better. Version of myself, and so I was able to make some adjustments after that. And you know what? I just caught the next bus. It was no big deal.
1: Exactly. You you paused. <laughs> you you paused. You reevaluated. You pivoted, and you relaunched. Right.
0: Yeah, exactly. Which is an important it, part of who we are, being able to do that.
2: Yeah. What's half? What's happening on a cellular level when you take that time, whether it's fifteen or fifty minutes after your session, is um, the healing work that happens in your therapy session starts getting, um, it starts getting activated on a DNA type level, on a cellular level. Mm. And so when you allow your body to continue that shift, then it has a stronger chance of staying. And so, you know, if you find yourself, I'm always talking to my therapist about the same thing. Well, that's probably because you might not be doing enough after the session or in between your sessions to let that shift start happening on the cellular level and letting it really start changing like, um, you know, the equation of it all or the makeup. And so I'm I'm so glad to hear you guys talk about this because I'm always encouraging my clients, hey, if you can just sit in your car for a few minutes and just breathe
0: and just Mm -hmm. notice how
2: your body feels after we have talked about this stuff today. Just start naming off body parts and asking yourself, how does my abdomen feel? How do my upper shoulders feel? How does my low back feel? You know, or how do my hands and my jaw stuff like that? That'll get you more present in there, and the presence helps create the opportunity for that healing to stick.
0: Gosh, this has been so helpful already. I, I feel like this has been a great therapy session for me. <laughs> I'm going to do those right. activities um, whenever we wrap up here.
1: Exactly. We- we've all been in a we've all been in a group therapy session here. I love oh. it. Yeah. <laughs> So Randy, kind of, you know, kind of in wrapping this, you know, wrapping up this session, right? In our in our discussion here, what would be some of your top advice to those that say, you know, I I want to start to write my story, share my story, amplify my story, get my story out there. What what would what would tools um, would you recommend that they start activating?
0: There are a few things there are and you can find these uh, really at any bookshop or online um, journals that are, you know, a line a day or a couple sentences a day. And it just gets especially those people who are are not writers um, gets them just to start putting down without thinking they have to journal for an hour. Uh, like you were saying earlier about breathing, it just helps them write a couple of thoughts and get in the mindset of being reflective like that. Uh, For people who are able to do and stick with gratitude journals, again, it's never been a strength of mine. but people who are able to do that and and really love them. That's a very helpful thing to start kind of finding your story. But I would also say encourage family members to ask you questions uh, about your life. You know, there is a great product, um, Storyworth, which I'm sure we've all seen ads for, uh, where where a loved one or yourself, whatever, gets a question every so often and and writes and you can attach photos. And at the end of the year, they send you a book of these stories based on the writing prompts that you've answered. It it seems like a great tool. My mother has been doing it for about a year now and she and my brother and I will all get a book soon with her stories. And I'm really excited to see that. So that's something that I would recommend to people too.
1: Oh, I love those recommendations. Um, Thank you. And one of the ones that we've done for uh, our daughter, you know, we have an eight-year-old and a four-year-old. So not quite for the youngest one yet is Big Life Journal. And Big Life Journal is again, it's like uh, like a quarter of a page or a half page, but they have an amazing, they started off as a, as a journal for kids and teens, Um, And that's the one our daughter's been walking through. But now they've realized so many adults were buying the teen version for themselves because, again, (laughs) it was just asking a lot of those similar questions that they've now started a whole big life journal for adults and meditation collection, which is wonderful as well. And so and we'll post all of these different links into, um, you know you know, alongside the podcast, but I think you know, just here are some act, you know, some actual tools that everybody can use just to start somewhere, right? We talk about, you know, continuing to show up, but we stop we talk a lot about um in the GSC factor life, just do something, right? Even if it's anything to your point, if it's writing a sentence or just writing a word down for the day, right? At least you've started something. Jenny, yeah, what are Sorry, go ahead. Can I just
0: add one thing there? You you mentioned a journal, which sounds amazing um, with your kids. Uh, Back in the day, I don't know if parents still do this, but we had, you know, the baby books. And so you had your first year or first couple of years and then everything kind of tapered off. You know, there were school photos Mm -hmm. and there was suddenly just lots of stuff. And then now we might feel like we have our story refined because it's out there. We're on Facebook. We're posting photos on Instagram. But it's really just kind of all out there and we're not necessarily most of us taking the time to kind of reel that back in and and find who we are separate from the, you know, picture of the enchiladas that we tweeted out.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Now. So it's so interesting, right, is I did I chose to do shutterfly books for my kids um, and again to kind of show their life, you know, especially their early days. Um, in photos and then I've continued to do those year over year and well one of the other things because both of my kids love like painting and crafts and arts is I have used a company called archive where I can actually pack up all of their paintings and their crafts send it and they take amazing professional pictures of them and then they send it back to me in a book and what's been so fun about that journey is I've actually you actually kind of get to see their little thoughts and their minds and their emotions growing over time through art. And so not only do we have our picture books through Shutterfly, but we also have kind of their story and art with Archive, and that's been really fun. Um, that's been a really fun journey to watch unfold.
0: That's exciting. I'm 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 excited to learn more about that.
1: All right, Jenny. What are your final tips? or thoughts for our listeners today? Well, I was getting so excited about listening to y'all. So like, okay, I'm gonna order that. I'm gonna do that.
2: <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> um, so some final things would be, number one, adding to the list of things parents can do for their kids. If you could take the time or find a way to give, uh, to notate what the child's birth story was. And cause that, I'm asking a lot of my clients that, like, what was your birth story? What was life like for your parents while you, they were expecting you? What was it like for you coming into this world? And um, it's a really neat gift. if You can find a way to document that, whether it be through writing it out, recording it on a flash drive or something, you know, just talking it out with them. That's really neat. And that, that just kind of helps spark some things like, okay, this is how I came into this world. I was a really quick baby and bam, here I was, or uh, it was a long labor time or My parents were dealing with a lot of stress at the time and um, had to move while they were pregnant with me and all kinds of stuff. Interesting information to have. Then some other things that I encourage clients to do is just start notating where do you find yourself repeating patterns in your life? So does that mean that it can be simple as I always gravitate towards this kind of food or I always seem to find myself... um, in this kind of scenario where I'm, let's say, I give in to this other person, I'm always giving in to other people. Okay. So, what is it about that? Or I always um, tell people that I'm going to be there, but then I book three things at the same time. Okay. What's going on there? Is it, you know, or do you find yourself, you're also a people pleaser? That's part of who you are. And when you can start claiming those things, then you can start saying, okay, if I find this out about myself, Then what do I want to do with that? We can do things with information. We can make choices with information. We can't make choices on how to um, handle something when we don't know about it or when we keep it hidden from ourselves. So I just encourage folks to look at the patterns and then go, is this a pattern I'd like to keep? Does it work for me? Or is this a pattern I'd like to put back on the shelf? Or is this a pattern i just like to tweak and use it at particular times, but not so much in everyday life?
1: Oh my goodness. So much to unpack there and fantastic. Now I have a question for you, Jenny, because okay. I am a mom of two tiny humans who were both born. Uh, we had traumatic births for both of them. So mm-hmm. as a parent, right. Um, being sure to share that story. It's, I would imagine it's equally as important to share it if it was uh, rainbows and sunshine mm-hmm. as much as it mm-hmm. was uh, traumatic.
2: Yes, yes. And there's no judgment on it. I want to relieve parents of that fear. There's not a judgment of what was going on during the pregnancy and birth. It's just stating fact. And Mm -hmm. if they had a traumatic birth, then that helps them understand what were their bodies first experiencing coming into this world. You know, there were things they automatically had to navigate through and get over or, you know, overcome circumstances they had to overcome to be here. And it could play a very minute part of their life growing up or it could play a significant part and you'll figure out and you'll figure out as a parent what is an age-appropriate time to share that and it might not Mm -hmm. be until way later on into adulthood Um, and I I leave that discretion up to the parents because they know their child better than anyone but it's it's important stuff that's how life started for them.
1: Yes. No, it's a very healing moment. And I, what's funny. So my kids, I grew up a Montessori kid. My mom was a Montessori teacher and we were, we have a very Montessori home. Riley was able to be in a Montessori school up until she was five years old. And what's what I'm recalling just now is every year on her birthday, you come into the classroom and she has to walk around the world, right? She walks around Mm -hmm. the earth because she's made her... Uh, however many turns around the sun. And I'm recalling now that actually they say the questions that they ask are actually, it's question, you know, they'll ask the child questions, but they actually turn to the parents and say, can you tell us something about the day that Riley was born or mm-hmm. the day that your child was born? And I think that that what you're sharing um, and, you know, what some of, you know, some education, right? Like, like mm-hmm. Montessori, have found is that that's really important for them. And it's a really important part of their story. And, you know, as someone who has lost her own father, you know, my dad took the time to write a letter to me before he passed from ALS. And Mm -hmm. in that letter, he highlighted some of his favorite moments. And we He even talked about even some of the struggles that he and I had had, but I remember for the first time hearing what he thought, um, and the emotions that he felt when I was born. And that was the first time that that was the first time that I'd ever heard that, right. My dad Mm -hmm. wasn't, he wasn't an emotional guy in that regards, you know, in, in certain situations. So to be able to have that letter where he talked about, this is what I, this is how I felt when I first held you right was really impactful. And I didn't get to, you know, I didn't get to read that until I was 32 years old. So um, I think I see, I, I understand why the importance of it from your perspective. And I would imagine Randy that that becomes an emotional thread that you can carry with you into your storytelling.
0: Yeah, absolutely. In fact, very specifically, I have, a story that I I have performed on stage several times about the night that I was born and some some family drama around that that I did not learn about. My mom told me the night that my grandfather died when I was 14, she told me about this. And it really, uh, it turns out that that night, really shaped my relationship with my grandfather. And I learned about that when we lost him. And and it really did become part of who I am and part of who I became. And it was really great to know that and be able to put it together and, and be able to think back on kind of how that did play into my story now, uh, 44 years later.
1: Amazing. Well, listen, you both. Thank you so much. I don't think this will be the last time I bring you all onto the podcast. I think we got a, a couple of layers deep, which I've loved and um, really appreciate you guys bringing your full selves to this conversation. And I hope the listeners today, as we have talked about that artist storytelling me, who am I? And How do I share my story? I hope you've learned learned some things along the way. I hope you can take some of these nuggets with you. I hope you give yourself space after this podcast listening just to breathe and listen and see if it starts to flow and hit your journal or hit your whiteboard. But be sure to connect with all of us on LinkedIn. Um, We're happy to continue the conversation with you and we'll be providing those links um, with the podcast posting. But I wanted to say a special thanks to Randy. Ford and Jenny Emerson for joining in this GST Factor podcast today. This has been a really special episode and I'm so appreciative and looking forward to the other collaborations with you both.
0: Thank you. Looking forward to it too.
1: Yes. Thanks for having me. This has been so much fun. Awesome. Well, listen, everybody, we hope you have a great day and don't forget to get shit done.
0: Thanks for listening to the GSD Factor podcast. If you liked this episode, please rate and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, where you can also find previous episodes. Let's also connect on LinkedIn and Instagram. If you're looking for more information on the GSD Factor, visit us at gsdfactor.com. And always remember to GSD, get shit done.